Hi, this is Sarah with Corn Fed Witch here for another 30 minutes or so or 20 minutes or so of witchcraft. Especially suited for the beginner, but anyone can enjoy this. And we are continuing my Ritual Basics series with grounding. Grounding is, for lack of a better term, the foundation or the ground of which you do a ritual. So you want to, anytime that you do a ritual, you want to make sure that you're grounded first because a lot of things can happen. A lot of different things and a lot of energy. You're going to experience a lot of different feelings while doing a ritual. And if I like to measure a successful ritual and if I experience a sort of high or not, you'll, you'll be able to recognize this by like a feeling in your stomach like, not like, I want to say, well, it's better, like, the best way to describe it is a kind of high, or like a sort of nervousness, maybe. Something that's like, pay attention, but I, I experience it as a form of high, and that's how I judge my success. Like, if my invocation's successful, Emma is playing with the microphone so you're going to probably hear her a bit because she doesn't know how to lay down she's normally standoffish except for when I have my laptop up alright you're off of my computer anyway so grounding is pretty essential and you'll hear a lot of people talk about it and a lot of people describe it as like a tree. That's really common. Oh no, Emma. Emma, no. Don't mark the, the microphone. Why? So the other two cats are being well behaved in the other room. Emma is being ornery. But I guess that's a, that comes with the territory being a witch and having several cats around you at all times. So grounding. Grounding is most often described as a tree. Like seeing that your roots are firmly in the ground. And, and your leaves are stretched up to the sky. It's... A good way to envision it. So, grounding usually comes after you call the quarters and cast a circle to get you prepared for the ritual as it is to come. Now, before you before you actually cast a circle and do the actual grounding in and of itself, you really want to make sure you're in a good state of mind. So, it really helps if you don't have too much alcohol or too much, like, weed or whatever you use to loosen yourself up. Like, maybe a glass or so is okay to calm your nerves. But, if you're going to go into a ritual drunk or high, you're probably not going to have that much of a successful ritual or it might be skewed now some people feel like they do better work like this which 
it's possible I don't um, it's really whatever feels right to you and depending on what you're doing it could the gods could view it as disrespectful like like think about it like if you're invited over to someone's house and everyone's already like shit-faced you're not gonna have as good of time if you're the only sober one there it's something to keep in perspective now so so grounding is the foundation for ritual you can also do grounding anytime outside a ritual as well especially if you're like me and you're prone to anxiety it's super easy one thing i like to do on the go is point out five five things that are solid and permanent like oh that car's over there there's earth beneath my feet i can feel this hand railing or whatever just something that brings you back to earth because when you're anxious your anxiety is running super high and you need to you need to maybe bring yourself down now after a stressful day my favorite part of favorite version of grounding is doing what I call shower beering. That is exactly what it sounds like, except you're not actually showering with beer. You are taking a shower and enjoying a beer at the same time. And now you can do wine. Wine is pretty good. I have actually, yeah, I've done, I've done wine. I did wine on my dry campus and what back in college when all I could afford was Arbor Mist. So I've I've come a long way from those those times. So that that's one of my personal favorite ways to do it outside a ritual. Now inside a ritual I just if it's just me and I haven't like I'm not preparing for like a, a group of people I'll do whatever feels necessary, like put my feet on the ground. A lot of people do their rituals barefoot because of this, because they get closer to the earth. And if you have hardwood floors or stone floors, that is super easy for you to do. Just take off your feet or take off, take off your socks and shoes. And sometimes I personally like to do my rituals in the nude, but that is a personal preference and does not really matter if well, I mean, if it feels right, do it. If it doesn't, don't. And you might want to make sure that everyone in your group is okay with that. Now, I'm only talking about my personal rituals, of course, where I'm the only one there. Besides the gods, of course. So, now that you have a good understanding of what grounding is, how it keeps you firmly in place so that you don't get carried away by the feelings of whatever is going to happen during the ritual. It's keep you in the moment so that you can enjoy. I actually don't, I don't know if I ex actually explained it really well, that you're going to feel kind of lightheaded. Well, I mentioned how you can feel high, but I don't think I mentioned that your energy, you're going to kind of feel like you're flying and grounded just keeps you grounded, keeps you ready and in the moment and all that. So, I'm going to go ahead and move into the portion where I give out some examples of what you can do during a ritual from some experts, authors, etc. So, 
So the first one that I want to pick so is from Creating Circles and Ceremonies by Oberyn Zell Ravenheart and Morning Glory Zell Ravenheart. I love this book so much and you guys all know. Alright. So ground so grounding. This is done, a section done by Oberon himself. Grounding is done to harmonize the energies of everyone in the circle and tune us all into the vibrational field of the earth. In the home tradition, we use a grounding we call the tree of life. We stand in the circle, all holding hands, close our eyes, and visualize that we are trees in the forest. The person who is leading the grounding will say something like this. Imagine that you are a tree. Plant your, fir your feet firmly on the ground. Now send your roots deep into the earth. Feel the layers of cold soil and rock beneath your feet. Feel the roots of other plants and trees as you reach down through the bones of your ancestors, through the pa pages of the ages, down, down to the molten heart of Mother Earth. Now draw that heat up your, through your roots up into your trunk. Feel her life force flow upwards through your body, filling you with Mama's magic. Now stretch your branches up way up, reaching your leaves towards the sun, towards a million billion suns, and draw the cosmic radiance from the universe down into your body, where it meets the hot energy you drew up from the center of the earth. Feel yourself filled with light and life, with the blended energies of heaven and dearth. Take a deep breath, exhale, and be here now. Everyone opens their eyes, still holding hands, and the right proper begins, which is the rest of the ritual. Now, if you can imagine, a good way to do this, if you're leading the ritual, if you're by yourself, is to stand firmly, like with your legs out, maybe like wider than shoulder width apart or something like that, and your hands up towards the sky. That way you're actually symbolizing a tree. It's, it's very basic, and if you are not familiar with any other groundings, this is a really easy one for you to do. Or you could just say, like, I'm a tree, my roots extend deep, or my, and my hands out. Something along that side, that, along the, those lines that lead you to being grounded. And every, any time, any time that you feel too high in the ritual, return to that tree image and you, it will help ground you. So, the next ritual I'm going to take is from... Deborah Blake's Everyday Witch A to Z, which is it's really good. I really like her, and I wish I could find her on social media so that I can follow her in a non-creepy way. So this is a specific grounding ritual. So this this is not necessarily like a part of a ritual, though I'm pretty sure that you can incorporate into your your larger ritual, but this is just helps you ground. The goal, obviously, is to ground and center. Optional extras or the correspondences are a white string, cord, or a bowl of salt, a large stone or crystal, sage, smudge stick, or incense. Notes. If you are good at visualiza visualization, you can do this spell with no props at all. And once you have done it a few times, you may need nothing more than the stone. This spell can be done before a big day, after a rough time, or before any ma major magical working. It is also good for those days when you are just feeling scattered and out of sorts. 
is purposely short so that you can memorize it and say it whenever or wherever you have a need. If you are not good at visualizing a circle of energy around you, place the string or salt on the floor where you will be standing and close it after you are inside. Smudge yourself with sage or light the incense and let the smell signal a change in your being. Hold the rock in your hands, close your eyes, and see your body putting roots down into the earth, out of the bottom of your spine if you are sitting, through your feet if you are standing. Send tree branches out into the sky, holding your arms up if that helps. Expand your consciousness to include everything, starting with the rock in your hand, then speak the spell out loud. Grounded to my mother earth, open to the clear blue sky, like the rock within my hands, common center now I am, now am I. After, stand quietly for a few moments and breathe deeply. This is also pretty short, so that you can memorize it when you're feeling out of sorts or really anxious outside a ritual. Now, if you're not okay with using sage in this context, which I can totally understand, is kind of controversial, and if you don't feel... If you don't feel like you should be smudging, you can use rosemary or really any sort of any sort of smoke or herb that is good for cleaning. <laughs> like rosemary or uh, where are some other ones? I'm drawing a blank out top of my head. I am going to just do a quick book search. Do 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 cleansing la 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 guys get my lovely lovely singing voice Pretty sure basil is good for cleaning. Let me just double check that. Sorry, this is kind of spur of the moment. And that's for exorcism. Man, come on. Cunningham. Really, you can just smoke cleanse with any herb. But basil should be good. Um, frankincense, since it's dealing with with exorcism, it should be oh, perfectly okay to cleanse. It's also good for protection too, so that adds adds to the level so. Basil, frankincense, rosemary should be all good alternatives if you don't want to use sage. Now, you could also do the lesser, lesser banishing pentacle, but I think that is a little bit more complicated just for beginners. You have to have some sort of knowledge of Abrahamic or Abrahamic practices, which I 
I think I'll add that to the list of things I discuss in this podcast. I'm discovering all these new topics. I love it. I love you guys. So, on to my correspondences. So, really, I think any stone can be good for grounding. I wanted to, because you know they're of the earth, and earth is good for grounding. I have an, an episode coming up that deals specifically with earth, and I will go into more in that. But for the correspondences of the week, the first one I took from the Crystal Gem and Metal Magic from Cunningham is salt. You, I mentioned salt in that ritual I just did. Well, I didn't do it, but I just read to you. So salt, the energy is receptive, the element is earth, the deity is Aphrodite. An associated herb is KRT, which is Cordelaine Terminalis. Its powers are purification, protection, grounding, and money. <coughs> Excuse me. So magical and ritual lore it is pretty extensive because it is salt. Salt has long been a sacred substance mined in the earth or evaporated from ocean water in shallow basins. It is intimately connected with life and death, creation and destruction, and the feminine aspect of earth energies. Salt is the mineral of crystalline structure, and so it has a place in this book. Look at the salt through a microscope. It is composed of regular six-sided cubes. This square structure relates salt to the earth. Its use in religion spans the ages. Salt was frequently offered the deities, being deemed acceptable because of the scarcity and purity. In some parts of the world, such as ancient Rome or Abyssinia, salt was used as currency. Salt is necessary for life, and yet an overabundance of it causes death. Similarly, sowing salt in fields destroys their fertility. It is sterilizing, purifying, and cleansing. That's why I highly recommend maybe not using salt if you're doing an outdoor ritual. Related to the element of earth, as well as to seawater, which is a combination of two elements. Salt is a powerful magical tool. Salt water is sometimes used as a magical substitute for blood or called for in old rituals. Note, any blood substitutes such as apple cider or freshly laid fertilized eggs can be used in rituals of this nature. This opening veins is a needless hazardous magical practice and sacrificing any life form is useless and plays hell with your karma. Besides, would you want to be sacrificed for another's magical ritual? The only exception to this is menstrual blood, which is usually utilized in contemporary female magic and mysteries as it was in the past. So, and of course, there are vegan alternatives. Salt is a vegan alternative if you don't want to do this. Blood magic is pretty powerful and should be used sparingly, I think. Well, depending on what you're trying to do. In contemporary Hawaii, many still follow the old ritual of mixing is it alay? salt, rock salt covered with iron-rich red earth with water. This is sprinkled with a key or tea leaf on persons, that's T-I, structures and building sites for purific- purificatory purposes. Those Mexicans still attuned with magic often hang in their homes. In businesses, a large wreath composed of garlic or aloe vera to which small packets of salt are attached to spread protection and draw money. 
<laughs> Excuse me. Magical uses. Salt is a fine grounding and cleansing material. To purify gemstones, place them in a bowl of salt and leave for a week or so. See chapter 7. Uh, and you can also do this with your tools. I'm going to discuss tools, of course, in a later episode. Add some salt to your bath water. This creates an alchemical change. You, you've converted a solid to salt into a liquid. Bathe in this mixture to create a similar change in you. Visualize your doubts, worries, illness, if any, and all negative energies that plague you as leaving your body and entering into the water where they are neutralized. If you prefer showers, place a small amount of rock salt and a half handful of hyssop in a washcloth and scrub your body. To protect a home, sprinkle empowered salt in the corners of each room, visualizing it sterilizing and burning away negativity. Pour salt in a circle around you on the floor, visualizing the salt's energy spreading down into the earth and up above you to form a protective sphere of brilliant white light. Within this circle is a perfect environment to perform protective or defensive magic. Tasting salt brings you firmly down to earth. It closes off your psychic centers. If working to awaken your psychic mind, avoid salt in your diet. It is also a protective and purificatory act. If you feel the need to focus your energies and intention to take a tunnel vision approach to life for a while, carry a bit of salt in a green bag. This is especially important for those who tend to concentrate solely on the spiritual and neglect physical necessities. Don't, don't forget your mundane life. Rock salt is also added to money attracting talismans. It is used in, in such spells, a salt wealth spell. On your altar or large plate, carefully pour salt into form a pentagram, five pointed star. Empower a green candle with money attracting vibrations and place this in a small holder in the center of the pentagram. Light the candle. Next, empower money attracting stones. Place one at each of the pentagram's points. Use stones such as tiger's eye, peridot, olivine, olivine, jade, lodestone, opal, or pyrite, or any of the money attracting stones listed in part four of this book. Five of the same stones or any combination of these can be used. As you place each stone starting at the topmost point of the pentagram, say something like, I place this stone to draw money. Light the candle flame for 10 to 13 minutes as you settle yourself before it, visualizing. Repeat each day for a week. Then place the salt in a small green bag, add the stones, any drippings from the candle, and carry with you to continue attracting money. When you feel the spell has fully manifested, Pour the salt into wooden water. A faucet will do if nothing else is available. Bury the wax and cleanse the stones. It is done. Get the salt! Sorry, I had to do a supernatural thing there. Which was funny enough. I've only seen like one episode of that show. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, so that's salt. Salt is pretty, pretty amazing and versatile. And you have a couple different uses that we now have a couple different uses that you can use for it. I might actually do the salt pentagram thing. I think that's pretty cool. Now, I chose for our herb of the week for our correspondence of the week the herb of corn. You may have heard of it. It's in our name. 
and it's also associated with earth and grounding. So corn, the folk name is giver of life, maize, sacred mother, seed of seeds. This plant is Venus, element earth, powers, protection, luck, and divination. Ritual uses. The corn mother or goddess is a deity of plenty and of fertility, long worshipped throughout the East and North America. The Zunis utilize different colors of corn in their religious rituals. Blue corn meal is used to bless and is scattered as an offering. Magical uses include, well, magical uses are reach into a bin of corn, pull out any ear, count the grains, allow 12 grains of corn for each year, and it will tell you your age. An ear of corn is placed within the cradle to protect the baby against negative forces. A bunch of corn stalks hung over the mirror brings good luck to the household. And a necklace made of dried cor red corn kernels prevents nosebleed. That's interesting. Pollen from corn was used to make rain by ancient Mesoamerican peoples, probably by tossing it into the air. At one time in the mountains of the United States, if a birth was difficult, red corn cobs were burned on the doorstep of the cabin or even under the bed to speed up the process. So there you have a corny correspondence for the week. So now you should have a better understanding, especially if you're a beginner, about what grounding is and how important it is and how essential it is to the ritual process. And a few things, a few ways you can incorporate it into your own magical practice and better attune yourself to the vibrations and the energy of the earth. So with that, I do want to, I do want to mention our social media. Well, my social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I, I am in a group for Two Girls, One Ghost called Two Girls, One Coven. If you wanted to check that out, I also have a Patreon and I do have some readings for sale on Etsy which is just under Corn Fed Witch. It's not fully up yet. It's almost, but you can still purchase a tarot reading if you like. And once again, my name is Sarah. I hope you have a blessed week, and I hope to see you next Monday.